Welcome to Ready to Go with Pastor Jackie. I am your host, Reverend Dr. Jacqueline Reagan, pastor of Run With Endurance Ministries, founder of Encouraging the Prophetic Woman, and founder of the Northeast Ohio Symposium on Demon Project Research. Today we are continuing our discussion on vocational choices for women ministers. So today we will uh, talk about uh, institutional advancement. It's sometimes called professional fundraising and sometimes called uh, fund development. And I have with me this morning my friend and colleague, <laughs> longtime sister in the spirit, uh, Pastor Phyllis Richards. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here this morning. Good. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first I always like to say I'm a mother of two successful adult children, you know, a son and a daughter, who are married and successful people, um, and they're married to successful people. So that's the first thing I'm proud of, that not only are they good spouses, but they're great parents. I wear many hats, but chiefly am employed with the United Church of Christ National Headquarters in beautiful downtown Cleveland. I am a pastor, a student, a teacher, and a great friend. All right, all right. So uh, tell us, what is your official title? I am the program associate for Global Sharing of Resources, and actually our name recently changed to Humanitarian and Development Ministries. Okay, so tell me about what it is you do. Uh, so chiefly, I work with um, churches, our local churches. We have more than 5,000 churches, and I work for an all-church offering called One Great Hour of Sharing. And all of those churches, or not all, but a high percentage of those churches participate in this offering that I create resources for and am personally responsible for servicing them. So when you say create resources, what do you mean? Um, the marketing pieces, so, and they all wind up at their churches so that they can um, promote this offering on a particular Sunday, and then they turn the money over to um, the national offices for about $2.2 million a year. Okay, so how did you come to be a program associate? Well, my job just really kind of happened. It was very quite accidentally. Um, you told me about your job, yes. <laughs> actually. Yes, you, my job as a plan gifts officer. Yes. yes, you told me how. You told me about the church in particular because I wasn't really thinking of myself or looking at myself as a fundraiser at that time. I was just looking for a good place to work, and you always talked about the quality of life at the church. Right, and I um, was previously uh, with a. Uh, we were both with Case Western Reserve University, so I was doing a fundraising there, and then I came over to United Church of Christ, and then I talked um, for Pastor uh, Richardson to coming, and then I left her. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I had to go, to go on and uh, do some other things, but still um, in uh, fund development. So now, do you feel like you're a fundraiser? What do you... When you're, when you're working, uh, spiritually speaking, um, what do you feel that you're really doing? I actually feel like I'm friend-raising versus fundraising. Okay. Because okay. what we're actually doing is helping to connect people with their passion. So yes. when I first started, I was just following my passion to want to do something other than higher ed. I wanted to find meaning. So the first time I got a check for a half a million dollars 
to the college, and that was important. Yes. And let me say it was handwritten, <laughs> so that just messed up my whole mind and thinking. It was like they could have at least typed it. Um, right, but right, right. but the whole point was, um, I'm, if I was going to be raising that kind of money, I really wanted to be doing it for something I believed in, mm-hmm. helping people around the world. And and really, that's that is all uh, major gifts is. That's all plan giving is. It is connecting the donor to the donor's passion. It is um, finding out what motivates somebody or what makes them feel like getting up in the morning or what makes them want to open their pocket and, uh, and connecting them. That's, that's really what it that's is. That's what it's, it's all about. It's, right, relationship building, and it's listening to um, people talk about themselves and talk about uh, what they like to see happen and what they like to create with their, with their resources. Now, did you come specifically uh, to raise money, or did you feel like you did mention earlier about the environment? And you know, I made it sound like a great place to work. <laughs> so let me to just work. go ahead. Yeah. So let me just start uh, back a little bit. Okay. So when I so when I went to Case Western Reserve. Um, I worked in development services, which is the back end of fundraising. Right, the back of the house. The back of the house. I worked in the back of the house, which was kind of administrative, but it was actually seeing all the gifts coming in and making sure that the database where the money landed was um, up to date and Mm -hmm. good information. Because the very first rule for me is you can't raise any money if you don't know, if you don't have a good address, you don't have good people information, you know, you can't go knock on the door and say, are you Jackie? And they say, oh no, I'm Phyllis. I mean, come on, you got to (laughs) know, you got to know where people (laughs) live. And so, so just really understanding um, the mechanisms of everything that you need to know about that donor, whether it's an individual or whether it is a foundation or organization, you need to know something about them right. and what their passions or desires are. So a lot of times, especially when you think about organizations, again, people are the same. They know what they want to give to. They know what they like. And so first is learning about what they like. And then second is being able to connect what you have to what they want to do. Yeah, for- and, and, and that's very true. Initially, I worked in um, development research and talk about the front end um, because you have to know your constituency. And so that was my job when I first came into development. I wasn't raising money. I was really finding out about alumni and finding out you know, where they were and how they felt about uh, the institution. And it was, it was a lot of fun, but and I took a look at the fundraising side and I said, mm, that's where I want to go. And particularly, and in the long run, plan giving because the relationships are longer and the process is slower. Mm-hmm. So as, as opposed to annual giving, where you just hit it every year, new, new goal, you know, get in, get out, right? But then plan giving, uh, people are older, they have uh, more history, and it takes longer, and I kind of like that, um, mm-hmm. long, those long-term relationships. So do you feel that this is, is a calling for you, or how, how do you see this for yourself spiritually? Is, is it something you fell into, or t- tell us a little about that. So as far as um, missional, um, the United Church of Christ 
their mission is um, from John 17, 21, that they may all be one, where Jesus is talking to his father and saying, you know, Lord, I wish that they could be one just like we are one. Mm-hmm. And so um, kind of the mission work is one. And a lot of people would like to look at it saying, especially when you talk about missions around the world, that we do fun, we give them money and they they don't give us anything in return. They do the mission. But, the, but it's so different in reality where, um, we get to be a part of something that's already happening. We're not making it happen. We're mm-hmm. just connecting to what's happening. And so Matthew um, 25 is the scripture that really talks about calling. So the work that I do, we help people to eat. Not that we give them food, but we help them to get seeds or the resources that they need that they already know how to use, sometimes even more than better than we do. Or we help to make sure that there's water and communities. Um and water is life, a lot of people say, but we look at it sometimes and we say water is education because when you bring water to a community, girls especially get to go to school. Wow, really? I would have never made that connection. <laughs> yes, because girls especially are the ones going back and forth every day oh, getting water okay. for their families, Okay, you know? Okay. Yes. And sometimes even, hmm. even other things happen, like um, when girls get into their teens and puberty, they might not want to go to school because of other issues and where they need good sanitation. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that communities have water and sanitation is a way to make sure girls have education. Right. And it's easy to see um, the, the mission. Um, it's easy to see this as part of a discipleship. Yes. You know, it's easy to see. And some people, you know, they see us just as people who ask for money. No, there's a lot. A lot more to it than that because a lot of things do happen when those resources come in uh, and we don't dictate where they go we know what we're raising the money for but our job is to make sure that uh, we are uh, the face of the institution Absolutely. you know we, we're the fir- we're the front line when we go out right. to talk to people and if you have the kind of personality where you like to talk to people or you like to meet new people or you, you like to hear, as in my case doing uh, uh, plan giving, you like to hear the stories mm-hmm. <laughs> and eat the cookies <laughs> or whatever, whatever else that, that oh, the senior citizens have for you. If you like that, and, uh, and if you think about it, it's very pastoral too, you know, because uh, we, we as pastors, we take care of people. Yes. And so this is just one way to do it. It you is. Know? And this is really a fun way to do it if, if you, uh, depending on how you see it, depending on the kind of personality you have, depending on the kind of, of gifts that you have. So um, you remember your first days on the job? Oh, yes. I remember my first days <laughs> so on the job. How did that go for you? Um, actually, um, so at the job I have now currently, I actually started as a secretary because after I left the university, I was like, I don't want to do any more fundraising because I had really started getting good at it. And if you've ever raised money, you know that you could start to like it. And I felt like I was liking it too much. And I said, you know, yes, I was liking it too much. I love seeing the money come in. And, you know, like you said, plan giving, uh, the the school got a lot of money from people when people died. And I Mm -hmm. found myself reading the obituary, seeing who left us money. And I thought, that's so wrong. Um, But in the early days at the church, 
I went in to really learn about the church, the polity, yes. the what the church believed, mm-hmm. what they said they were going to do, and if they were about what they said they were going to be about. And so early on, I just did that. But back in 2004, when I started this job I currently have, I took my first trip. I went mm. to Haiti. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, many people say, oh, you don't want to go there. Mm. But I went yeah, there. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm. I went there in February 2004 when their president was being ousted. Mm. And even in the midst of such turmoil for that country, I was able to see good mission work being done. I was mm. able to see people working hard and going out every morning and lining up their stores, so to speak, along the sidewalks and mm-hmm. in the community and just trying to raise money, even sometimes with their children and setting up their vegetables. And the people were beautiful. And I fell in love with it right then and right there. And I knew that my raising money to make sure people had a better quality of life was what I wanted to do. And and, and, and that's so true. When it becomes about the money, um, it's it's really... Uh, you're really going off track, you know, because sometimes when you, as with a lot of jobs where you constantly have to motivate yourself, you know, you can you can um, uh, get up in the morning for the wrong reasons. You know, once it becomes the money, you, you're missing the mission. You're missing the opportunity to be um, the hand and feet of Jesus, right? Just Absolutely. Just say, you know, go out and get that money. Jesus said no. He said, he said, you know, feed those who need feeding. Yes. He said, clothe those who need clothing. Right. And so um, you're right. And once it becomes about the money, you have to step back and say, hmm, do I want to work here? Because maybe I'm not feeling this mission anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you have the heart to raise money, maybe you need to go on to the next uh, institution that needs you. Right. So, mm-hmm. so there's nothing wrong with educational institutions, and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with their growing and creating more no, research. It's good. It's good but that's right. just not yeah. where my heart. Well, was. how many years had you been there, though? <laughs> See, that's the now thing. you're trying to get to my age. I know, I know right? Well, I was there too for a long time. <laughs> I was there for 15 years. Okay, so see, that's part of the issue, <laughs> is that once you stay somewhere for many, many years, you know, sometimes you just um, you're you're not as comfortable as you were when you first started and being yourself and you just have to go somewhere else to get revved up and excited about what you're doing. And so, yes, I I did like institutional advancement. I may go back to it one day. Maybe I would raise money for a seminary. But, um, and you're right, research is very important too and and very important thing for us to to try to promote and to um, find funds for. now, we talked about Jesus in the mix. Jesus um, saying to us, you know, feed those who need feeding. When you go out to these places, um, how does it make you feel when you see the work? I mean, that's got to, I would imagine, as being a fundraiser, that that would give you a real big boost to see places, and you've been all across the world. <laughs> I've been all across the country, you know, zigzag back and forth. You've been across the world. I mean, how how big is God you know, when you go to these places that are far outside of your community? Well, it's very humbling first because no matter how little people have, mm-hmm. they're always willing to share it with you. Wow. So even 
if it's when I travel, even when I don't take a group, now I take groups, but when it was just me, it was always a delegation of at least six to 10, maybe 12 people. Mm -hmm. And so when we visited a farmer or a community, they would make sure that everybody had coffee and water Mm -hmm. and not just the the guests, but Mm -hmm. everybody from the community or that you get there and you're two hours late and it's a group of everybody 20, 30, 40 people in a circle ready to sing a song as soon mm-hmm. as you step foot. And so the the people themselves have so much hospitality. And so that's where I learned hospitality is in my travels. But when you see the need, when you go into someone's home and you see that their living room is a dirt floor, but they're mm-hmm. just as happy and they're praising wow. God all the way, and you're just there trying to help maybe their children go to school or to make sure that um, maybe the mom wants to start her own business. Mm -hmm. And with $20, we have been able to change a family's life, which then changed the community's life. Right. That is really amazing. Um, And I can imagine that it probably does something to you spiritually as a donor. So how has that affected you I remember when I <laughs> when I first started working for the denomination, the, the uh, people would ask me, "Well, do you tithe?" And I wasn't used to that, you know, because I, you know, coming from uh, university, you don't talk about religion, you know, not really. And they ask and give you, me money. right? If they open the door, you can say something, but for the most part, you didn't. So now I have people saying, oh, "Well, what about you? Are you a tither?" And it's like, oh, "Okay, then this is different." But I, you know, I did like that. It just threw me yeah. <laughs> the first couple times they talked to me. Uh, they well, they asked well, me that. So how how does that affect well, can, you as a donor? Yeah, well, I can honestly say that giving brings me joy because mm. now it's not just giving, and I don't know where the money goes, mm-hmm. but even. Within the church, and now that I understand the church, I understand that, hey, mission work isn't free. I get to talk about mission work when I go out and talk to those 5,000-plus churches, and they love mission, Mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily want to give to the infrastructure of the church. Nobody wants Uh, to give to that. Bricks and mortar. Bricks and mortar. They don't want to do that. (laughs) And so I get to tell people what I do with, like, cake. You know, everybody wants to fund mission. Yes. Everybody wants to make sure a mother can put food on her table for her children. But nobody cares about the lights. And I tell people, the lights are like vegetables. We may not like them, but that's what makes us strong. <laughs> yes. And um, I imagine, too, that um, you get to see far more than an average person. And, you know, there's your constituents that are, you know, sitting in the pew but you, you really get to go, you follow the money all the way, you know, yes. from the very beginning to the end. Tell, tell us about the constituents. Tell us about the people, um, you know, we don't name names, but tell us about some of the significant encounters that you've had with some of the, uh, with some of the donors. Some of the donors. Mm-hmm. So some of the donors, um, I, my biggest donor, or had been my biggest donor, wanted to help fund the mission work. So he actually... Um, gave us a gift, um, substantial gift, to begin our endowment fund. Oh, okay. And um, because he pledged $100,000, we actually got a bequest gift that Mm -hmm. was um, $2.2 million. Mm -hmm. And so we were so, so grateful for that because had that not been started, 
maybe we would have started it with that gift, but we were able to start talking to people about putting um, the mission work into their plan giving, into their wills. Um, but the but the constituent, the average constituent, really just wants to know how they can make a difference in the world, how their money is going to be used. And they want to know that the money is truly being used the way that we say it's being used. Mm -hmm. So I do have a wonderful position because I get to talk to the constituent who wants to give. I'm able to paint a picture in their mind's eye of what that mission work looks like around the world. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, I get to see the work. And on the back end, I can say, we are accountable. We did exactly what we said we were going to do. So when mm-hmm. I go around the world and I see these projects, it's not to say, are you, you are you doing it the way the church wants you to do it? <laughs> you know, but, right? you know, because we, we want to do that. Um, but at the same time, we're just there to make sure that they're doing it the way that they said that they were going to do mm-hmm. and that that no money's being wasted and no money's you know, disappearing because that's one of the things people worry about. I don't want to give my money to X, Y, Z thing because it's all going to administrative costs. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case with the church. That's good. And and that's good. And you're right. There are a lot of institutions that use a considerable amount of the money for administration. And yeah, that is wrong. That's a, that's a big problem. And Mm -hmm. any institution that does that needs to check itself and, and figure out, if they're really in the business of uh, raising money to fund something, or are they mm-hmm. just trying to stay afloat, right? right? Are, they, are they just in business? Yeah. And so there's a fine balance because yes. again, mission work isn't free as much as we would but like it to be, mm-hmm. but it also no one should be getting rich because right. other people want that money to go to help people. Right, right. So tell me, um, how have you changed since, to, or have you changed since taking the job and how have you changed? Oh, absolutely, I've changed because um, before, and when I first came into the job, as I said, it was all about me learning about what I do. But now I get an opportunity to help other people to see it. And so just as I connected with the work and it captured my heart and now my pocketbook because I am tithing and giving in addition to that to things that touch me, I'm able to take other people to see it for themselves because the best way to raise money is for people to actually see, feel, touch, smell, and understand Mm -hmm. what that mission work is doing Mm -hmm. so that they know that it's real, so that they can see the need for themselves. And you never ever have to ask them for money again because they just give it to you because they know that that need is there. And they go out and they talk to other people. Mm -hmm. And so that's been my ministry over the last five years is to take groups of people to see the work for themselves. We go to a different part of the world. And I actually this year will have some repeat folks going. They went with me to the Middle East and now they want to go to West Africa to see the work that we're doing there. Oh, that's wonderful. That sounds exciting. So tell me, what do you you feel are the spiritual gifts or the personality traits that lend themselves to the kind of work that you do? Well, smiling, I think, is very important. You have to go into this with joy. You have to go into it with gladness. Um, Loving what you do, it just makes the work easier. Um, Being flexible, Jackie, that's one way that Mm, we've been able to connect people because um, if a donor wants it like this, 
and we are only doing it one way, that creates a lot of tension. And so being able to be patient, to listen to what people Mm -hmm. tell you they want to do with their money, Mm -hmm. and then to be able to be a connector. You have to know what the mission of the church is. You have to know what we're already doing. And then you have to put people in connection with those things. Now, it's not about chasing dollars because, right. again. That's right. Back to the money. When you start chasing the dollars <laughs> right. and just doing whatever they say they want to yes. do, now that's a problem. Yes. But there's plenty of mission work that needs to get done that people also want to be a part of. Okay. Now, I hear you on the being patient. Uh, because as I said earlier, uh, plan giving is a, it takes a little longer um, to do, and um, that's one thing I learned too. Just 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 be patient because when you're trying to rush somebody into something, they can come back later and say, you know what, I thought about it and I'm not comfortable anymore, or because I dealt with um, seniors. Sometimes the family members would come back and undo everything you did (laughs) because you didn't include them or you didn't include their advisor or you didn't include uh, someone, their pastor or whoever you you listened to. So you had to go slow. You had to take your time. You had to make sure you were doing what it was that they wanted to do. And if there was a mismatch, then you had to abandon. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. you, you can't be greedy. You have to say... You know what? This doesn't sound like the match. This doesn't sound like uh, exactly what you want to do. Let's talk about something else. Right. And you have to be willing to risk that, right? Right. right. Yeah. But you also, when whenever you're working with money and people with money, especially when they get older, you want. And unfortunately, a lot of people in our churches are older. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you have to make sure that um, they are comfortable and that you're doing things above board. Mm-hmm. So you got to have that accountability and you got to include people because if you don't, exactly what you said can happen. And so we just always want to make sure that um, we are matching people with what they say they want to do and that their whole family is comfortable about true, that. True, true. And you, and you talked about accountability. So you have to be comfortable with um, being transparent, mm-hmm. you have to be comfortable with that high degree of accountability, and you have to be comfortable um, being able to change gears. You have to be comfortable with um, negotiating because sometimes uh, the advisor wants one thing and the donor wants another. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you know, you have to be comfortable with waiting that out because. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it can be very fruitful if you want to wait. So patience, I would say, yeah. you know, is a really uh, good personality trait to, to have going. And, yeah, we have to be talkers. Yes. You know, so sometimes people feel, well, because they're called as a minister that they should be a pastor. Well, that's one way to live that out. If you're a talker, if you like me, you know, you live the talk, then fundraising can be a very uh, rewarding um, profession, very rewarding because you are talking. You do, as you said, have to be a good listener, but you have to be able to put people at ease and you have to have the ability to establish rapport with people because they're letting you in the door. Yes. You know, you're yeah. going to their houses, you're opening, they're opening the door for you, um, sometimes, you know, it takes a lot of calling and a lot of, and a lot of trying to get other people to help you well, <laughs> to get in the seat. And, and let me just a ask person. This. Yes. As a pastor, 
we have on have an extra layer of responsibility when we're True. dealing with people. True. You cannot go in and then they feel taken advantage of because mm-hmm. they're going to blame it on God. True. As as a minister, not not even just as a pastor, but as a minister. Yes. I mean, you you are called to serve, and when you go out to serve, you are representing God. You mm-hmm. are representing, and the church. Right, exactly. It'll be Phyllis Richards, but they'll be saying, <laughs> that church woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's where she's from again? Right. You're, you're absolutely right. But it is definitely, uh, can be a rewarding experience. I did um, development for 20 plus years, and I enjoyed most of, not every minute, because it's a lot of getting yourself to where you need to go, especially mm-hmm. when you travel. You have to like getting on and off planes and and that was fun Mm -hmm. you know i would do that again in a heartbeat but after a while it's like okay let's take a break stay on the ground (laughs) so then i i covered um northeast and northwest ohio for for a charity and that went well too and that was kind of fun to see um most of ohio and it doesn't look anything most of Ohio does not look like Cleveland. <laughs> does not look like Cincinnati and does not look like Columbus. Oh. It is one uh, farm after another. I was going to say, it sounds right. like farms to me. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But then I love nature, so I didn't mind, you know, driving up and down the highways to see people who lived in more remote parts. But, uh, but anyway, we're coming to the end of our time. And I thank you so much. Well, thank you for uh, inviting me. For sharing me. your experience. Yeah, and I'm hoping whoever's listening to this podcast, that you will consider whether development is for you, whether fun development is something uh, that you, you want to do. Um, look at the positive. One is that you do get to be the, the hands and the feet of Jesus. You, if you do missional work, if you, do, if you raise money to build churches, mm-hmm. you know that is an important endeavor. If you raise money... Um, to fund projects, if you raise money so that um, pastors that retire uh, can retire um, and have some resources, because a lot of times uh, churches can't afford to have um, retirement funds for pastors. So if you raise money to support pastors who retire, who have given their lives and their families' lives (laughs) to their ministry, that is very important work. So if you're listening to this, if you're sitting on the fence about it, you need to make that that jump because it, it can be a very, very warding and a spiritually fulfilling experience. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate me. it. Yeah, and we'll continue this series next week. And But for now, know that, woman of God, you are called to do the work. You are called also to have the fun. And we will talk to you again real soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.